Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. Good morning, dear friends, and welcome to Navigate with I.D. As always, you know I'll always give thanks to God for the opportunity to share the opportunity to be alive and um, to be able to share with you. And I know that um, you may just be wondering in your heart and your mind how easy it is for someone just to walk on a path called consistency. I want to let you know that it's true. It is possible. And every time you wake up in the morning, just say thank you, Lord. It's a place to say thank you because you never know the battles that have been fought on your behalf, the ones that you don't know, the ones that you know, and the ones that you don't even have an idea. So be thankful. Regardless of what happens, just be thankful. This is the starting point of greatness because when you have a thankful heart, things will always come your way, not because you deserve them, but because you are walking in a different space entirely. And that brings me to the subject of leadership that we've been considering on Tuesday, I had the privilege of starting this particular, call it um, theme or sub-theme, under self-deceit. Today, I want to take the full gamut of it, and I hope you will lend me your ears. Uh, this particular edition will be very special because I would like to pick up your comments directly. So you can send me an email, contact at navigatewithid.com, spelled I-D-Y. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and lay your messages there at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. In the days to come, we'll also give you a WhatsApp line where you can interact as appropriate. I believe we are getting into a season where every one of us must stand in the place of awesome leadership, awesome self-leadership. We must begin to see ourselves first and foremost as individuals that have the capacity to do whatsoever we desire or think about as long as it lines up with the purpose and will of God for us. Many a time we all go astray, not because we desire to go astray, but environmental pressure, peer pressure, and family pressure, economic pressure, political pressure, every kind of pressure that you can imagine would come our way and we crumble. Some crumble, some get up, and some continue to move on just simply a question of the mindset. Today, I'm going to continue in a rather specific way and also borrowing a leaf from Lolly Daskal. And I'm always giving credit to Lolly Daskal because I read a lot of our pieces too and the kind of um, we align. So you're going to hear me use some of our statements. You're going to hear me use some of those things, but I'll try to relate them to present era and also to you. At the same time, I want you and I to learn that it takes one man, just one man, to turn around a city. Why do I say so? It takes you and I to stand in the place of complete obeisance. It takes you and I to stand in the place of absolute discipline. When you are disciplined, your environment around you will be disciplined. When you have a course of nature that says, this is who I am, and people know you for what you are, and you're consistent about it, and you're also authentic. Hey, no matter what happens, time will tell. 
Whenever people are looking for a man set in a certain context, you will be that man. That is the time you know that influence, the journey of influence has kicked in, that you've just been very influential simply because you've stood at the place called discipline. And so today, I'm going to ask us that question again or push it in the dimensions of saying, do you understand yourself? Are you deceiving yourself about your style of leadership? Do you believe in what you do? Are you aware of who you are as an individual? Or are you living a lie? Are you living in self-deception? Permit me, if I, as I look at the definition of self-deceit, it is an act or an instance of deceiving oneself. Very many of us are in that space. Very many of us are in that space, not because we are not unaware of the wiles of the enemy, but we choose to because of pressure. Some of us like to fake it and make it simply because you don't want people to either laugh at you or look down on you. That's self-deception. Unfortunately, many parents today live a lie and their children think that is the real world. Their children grow in a world of deception and people wonder whilst they turn out to become great deceivers. It's not because they chose to, but simply because they have consistently watched their parents do it. I mean, you and I are witnesses to dramas that are held, playlets, when you find a man that lives in a certain apartment, when the landlord comes to ask for his rent, he will say to the little boy or little girl, tell the landlord I am not at home. And the little boy or the little girl will go out and say, Mr. Landlord, my daddy is not at home. And what does that little girl or little boy do? He or she has seen that as a pipeline of truth, that it is easy and forgivable for you to do those things because you will be looking at me as a smart man. Are you in that space where you are consistently feeding your children and your environment with lies? And those lies you know deep down are not right. I don't want to talk about anybody, but I'm talking about you. I want you and I to go into those little words, those little fallacies that make us begin to think that we are living in a real world, whereas we are living a lie. And that's why, if you come with me, as I look at some of these statements, courtesy of Lolly Daskal, and they will probably make you make some hay out of the sunshine. I also hope that in the course of today's episode, you will recognize yourself in any of these fallacies, myths, and untruths. I always say that myths that we surround ourselves with, with time, become self-fulfilling prophecies. Very many of us are architects of what we have sown. We built an architecture around lies and a certain form and shape that we think we are smart, but unfortunately, we actually outsmart ourselves. Well, friends, it's time for you and I to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with ourselves. It's time for me, ID, to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with myself. And I hope you will internalize this. Don't look at the man to your right or the woman to your left. 
when I'm speaking, you begin to think about some guy, some woman, some colleague, some director, some politician. I want you to focus on you because it's all about you. My question again is, are you deceiving yourself about your style of leadership? The first fallacy or myth I'd like to put on the table. Number one, I am in control. Many of us live in this world of I'm in control. You think you are the best thing that happened. You think you have everyone bidding a part to your doorstep. Friends, control is an illusion. As a leader, you must allow yourself to drop the illusion of control and let your style of leadership lead you. Let your total person lead you. Let the totality of who you are from the context of being a self-leader and a leader of others, let it lead you. Focus on the things you can control and just let the rest go. Now, what are those things that you can control? Number one thing that you can control is your emotions. Take it or leave it. I'm telling you the truth. Someone can throw so much mud at you. But trust me, my friend, that man or woman throwing mud at you, the mud will come to you and stain you. It will be wet, but if you are patient, it will dry. When it dries up, all you need to do is with little effort, just touch it and it will flick off. Why? Because mud will not stay long. Many times, mud slinging puts us in a place that we react. You react because you think you are in control. No, you are not in control. What you need at that point in time is to exercise certain words. One of such is patience. One of such is perseverance. You don't realize that patience could be a big skill and a virtue? Yes, it is. Because you'll be tested, friends. You'll be tested by people that are lower than you are. You'll be tested by people that are your peers. You are going to be tested by people that are above you. But if you live in a world of fallacy that you are in control, then you've lost it. But if you are someone that knows that, yes, I'm tied to the apparent springs of, the strings of God Almighty, that God himself will always make a, a pathway for me, then you will not even think that you are in control. He will take control. The Holy Spirit will work a thing in you and make you decisive in what you do. So you create a clean path for yourself. The second myth of fallacy or what you may call as an untruth which I hope you may be able to recognize yourself in this is I can do this on my own. Many of us think we can do stuff on our own. Let me announce to you that no man is an island. No one does anything alone. No matter how great your accomplishments have been, no matter how wonderful you've excelled, you couldn't have done it on your own. It takes a great team. It takes a great nation. It takes a great people to build a great nation. It takes a wonderful set of talented young people, old people, middle-aged, whatever age you want to put to make an impact. May I tell you something, friends? And I learned that just yesterday when I had the privilege of sitting under my father and mentor. 
Dr. Bakre, and he said some things. He said, babies are change managers and change agents that God sent into the, into the world to help change the course of nature. And when babies come in, they become children. And when after they move from the stage of being children, they become adults. And when they become older adults, and the examples that you can find that are replete in the word of God. Think about the times when God needs to open the womb of a generation. What he does is to send a child forth. That child will come and become a man. That child will come and become a woman. He or she will become the one that will make positive change in that time. Because this is about what he needs to do. And he will not look at doing it himself. But I want you to understand that no matter how brilliant you are, you cannot do things on your own. So stop being cocky. Stop being arrogant. It's self-deception. Many of you are being promoted. Many of you sit back after a while. You've been promoted assistant. You've been promoted deputy. You've been promoted manager. You've been promoted director. You've been promoted whatever title you may want to call it. Maybe your promotion is even rapid. After a while, you think that you made it possible. Eh, eh, eh. That's self-deception, friends. You are walking on a tightrope, and very soon, you'll fall off the cliff. It takes a great team to make you successful. People would have supported you one way or the other, even if it was just one cent of their time. Without that one cent, you wouldn't have achieved 100%. Pride goeth before a fall, so be careful. What I want you to do is ask yourself, who has really contributed to your success? Who has contributed to you being where you are? I want you to go, first of all, on your knees and thank God, because without life, you'll be nothing. The next thing I want you to do is start identifying those men, women, boys, girls that have contributed to your success. And what you need to do, just send a little note across. It could be an email. It could be a WhatsApp message could be a text message, or it could even be a voice call. Just call the person and say thank you. I sincerely appreciate what you've done because I know sitting on this seat is by the grace of God and by the grace that God has given you to support me. I'm thankful for that. I'll tell you something that happened in the course of my career. I was commercial director in Cadbury. At that time, it was a very tough time. My team and I had the one onerous task of reviving a company at that time, but we worked with all other stakeholders and partners in other departments and functions, and we rallied around to make it happen. But the first year when we finished, after the first year and we had coasted some reasonable results, one thing I did as a, as a head of that team, I couldn't reward everybody in the team, but I went and I bought a standard, well, standard-sized table tennis board with bats. I put them smack in the middle of our team, team office. We had a big office where sales and marketing guys were. I was commercial director and our office was huge. My, I had a small office in there with them. I put this board smack in the middle. It was my little way to thank the team for supporting me and for supporting the business. But I paid for it. Why? Because when I was given a bonus for the good work I had done, I had to remember those that played a part. And the first part of it was God Almighty, then to my team, then to my family. Every single person, including my wife, would always get a tinge of that bonus. You'll be surprised. At the end of the day, 
I now put out a decree, when I mean decree on a lighter note, that any time you feel bad about what your colleague has done, challenge him or her to a table tennis duel. So you find people when they are arguing or they have, you know, there's some constructive tension, they all move to the table tennis board and that's it. By the time they knock a few balls, everybody gets cool and then go back to work. We became a team united in one space. In three years, God helped us with other members of the team in Cadbury. We turned the business around. The business bounced back. If I sat down to do and begin to feel it was all because of my prowess, I'll be so foolish. That's why I'm saying to you, if you're a leader, never live a life of deception. Live a life that tells you, just know that, hey, you can't do it alone. It takes a great team to make an impact. Number three, fallacy. And this is one that eats into our, our fabric. I don't have time. I don't have time. Many of us say this, but you know what? It's absolute deceit, self-deceit. Time is precious for everyone and even specially for you leaders. But there was always time in the day for what is important. Telling yourself you can't meet a priority because of time is just making excuses. And I know a lot of us make excuses. Excuses have become the order of the day. We saw excuses play out during the presidential debate. Each of the gladiators had their own to say, Oh, I'm busy doing stuff in some other part of the country. I'm trying to get the people to vote, to vote for me. Another gets to the venue and says, Oh, because the other person is not here, I'm walking away. That's an excuse. It's self-deceit. And when people start on the trajectory of self-deception, Trust me, they'll have a lot of ambassadors that will be finding their embers. The more you are saying, I don't have time, people will help you amplify it. Oh, can't you see? Can't you see that is the president? Can't you see that is managing director? Can't you see is the general manager? Can't you see he's busy? Can't you see is that this? Is that that? Hey, my pastor, father, and mentor always says to me, ID, never treat anyone who makes you a priority as an option. And that has stayed with me, stuck in me as a human being. And I appreciate him for that. If you take me as a priority, I'll never treat you as an option. And that's why the citizens of this country need to wake up. Politicians have you as options. You are not a priority. If you are a priority, we will not have the kind of things we are having. If you are a priority, education should not be a problem. Look at how many months our students are out of the university and these are supposed to be the ones that will drive this country in the future. If people don't understand it, yet look at the amount of money we voted for elections. Every four years, must we have elections? What stops the entire National Assembly to begin to look at the system that will make us, even if you have a single term, Six or seven years, let this guy come in and go out. And let us fix this country so that there's longevity, there's consistency. This Olympic method of four years in, four years out, it's almost like the World Cup. People come back, contend. They take our money. When they finish, they'll dribble us, dribble us, score goals. And when they come back, they'll cheer, carry the cup, bring it back again. I want to return the cup. Let me hold the cup. Some people will struggle. They'll use the same money that was meant for a common patrimony 
to entice us, and yet they tell us they don't have time to even tell us what plans they have for us. Something is wrong. It is a fallacy when you say, I don't have time. Number four. This one can be very dicey because we all do it. There are times you don't know, realize it, but you do it. But let it be known to you that it's another form of self-deceit. And this is the words that we utter or the attitude we show. If I ignore it, it will go away. If I ignore it, it will go away. That is another fallacy. Very sad, but it's true. Many times we fall for this old lie. Most of the time, what we ignore grows bigger and becomes even more cumbersome. Friends, whatever is happening, whatever issue you have there and then, deal with it. If you go to the Acts of the Apostles, that's why they had to appoint seven deacons of which Stephen was one and Philip. Because at that point, the apostles realized that, hey, the way we are going about this thing, complaints are coming. The people are saying we are not getting fair distribution of stuff. How can we leave the word and doctrine and go serve tables? Look amongst you. That was the solution. And give us seven men. Complaints that are not dealt with will become problems. And those problems, when they are not touched, will become a burden. Can't you see what's happening to us as a country? The citizens have been complaining about security. And the government will take it, not now, not yesterday, not two years ago. It's been an age-long problem. When those complaints are not dealt with, they become problems. And when those problems are not touched, they become burdens. And we suffering as Nigerians now. We complain every day, bad leadership. We don't realize that hmm, there's a problem with the citizens and the followers and the leaders. It becomes a problem. We all say leadership is our problem. But guess what, dear Nigerians, fellow Nigerians, leadership has become a burden. A little child today can tell you the difference between what is good and what is bad. But he will tell you, if I do what is good, I'll be chastised. But if I do what is bad, I'll be taken as a hero. Why? He can see what the big boys, the leaders are doing. And why? Many times they ignore. The fact is, who cares? Whatever is happening around your office, please, if there is an issue, deal with it. Don't wait for tomorrow. When there are complaints, Mr. Managing Director, deal with it. If the staff are not happy, deal with it. Listen to them. So those complaints will not become problems. They will not sabotage the business. And they become a burden. And you start making lost sales. All revenues, it can happen in any setting. In the family, parents, are you listening to your teenagers? The teenagers are crying, Daddy, we don't have time. You don't talk to us. Mommy, you don't have time for us. But you hang out with your friends. You're on your phone. You're Instagramming or WhatsApping. But you never talk to us. You're not communicating with us. You give us all the tools. They are complaining. They are complaining. The first out of truth that comes out 
you are asked to come to see the headmaster, principal, or guardian, or whoever will lay you and say, hey, I'm seeing a certain trend concerning this boy and this girl. You say, oh, yeah, thank you, ma, and you leave it. Friends, later on, the society will suffer that burden. That's why we have the kind of things we have on the streets. Today, they are blaming our youths. Where did our youths get all this from? Yes, thank you. I know that social media. Yes, I know technology. Yes. But when you see a child that is probably well trained up, that's what the Bible says in Proverbs 22.6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Are you training up your child? If you don't, tomorrow, he will become, he or she will become a burden to the society. And that's why it's self-deception starting from your home. We'll take a break now and I'll be back and we'll continue in unraveling some of these fallacies that you must use to check yourself from today. Don't go away. You're listening to Navigate with ID Enang on Lagos Talks 91.3. Hello friends and welcome. It's Navigate with ID and if you're just joining us, you've missed quite a bit, huh? I must tell you. Um, but not so much and I will just say we've been looking at this topic of self-deception um, within the scheme of leadership. And one of the things I tried to point out were some fallacies and untruths, as I call them, or better still, myths that become self-fulfilling prophecies. And such I numbered as, number one, I am in control. When you feel that you are in control, it could be self-deceit. Number two, I can do this on my own. No one does anything alone. Number three, I don't have time. Yes, we know time is precious for everyone, um, but you can also, you know, always make up time in a day for what's important. Number four, if I ignore it, it will go away. That is so sad, but true. Many times we still fall for this old lie. Now, and I want to go into some other fallacies, and I hope they, they, they make sense to you. Remember when I started, I said, this is about a self-examination. Do not think about your neighbor. Do not think about your brother, sister, that man, that woman. Don't start saying, oh, he must be talking about X, Y, Z. No, I'm talking about you. It's a time for you to ask yourself very tough questions. Am I deceiving myself? Am I lying to myself when I say these things? Are they truly in the garb of who I should be? The answer most times is no. Now, here is the fifth one I'll put on the table. When the fifth fallacy is, I always know best. Really, is that the truth? Listen, friends. Leadership is about inclusion and learning, not about being right. Not all leaders know what is best or have all the answers. Leaders don't have all the answers. And the best focus they always have is to continue to learn and grow. I'll tell you one thing. In my entire career, one of the things I would always do, yes, thank God for grace, thank God for the ability to envision, but you always have to go to the team and let the team work out some of those things you want to put together and then make sure you take bits and pieces here. Allow the people that know what they are, their spaces, the subject matter experts, let them come up, raise them, take their views. It can't always be about you. You can't be Mr. Know-it-all. If you think you know, just look around to see where you can ask more questions. Just look around you. There are more questions and there are more things you don't even know about. So whenever you sit down, Mr. Almighty Governor, 
Mr. Almighty Commissioner, Mr. Almighty Director, you think you're the only one that knows the answers to everything. You're living a lie and you're self-deceiving every. It's self-deception. And that rate, people will leave you. When they get to that stage where your team will leave you, you're on your own. You now realize that you've been on a total stroll because nobody's following you. Please be careful. There's another myth or fallacy that people have. They'll tell you, I am a very good listener. Really? Let me tell you the truth. There's a big difference between true listening and waiting patiently for your turn to speak. Many times, look at the average Nigerian. We budge into ourselves. We don't even allow people to finish. Sometimes it happens to me, you know, when I have little patience and then the person is just blabbing. I will just bat in and say, guy, this thing, I don't think you are dealing with what I need to hear. You know, and I apologize. I say, sorry that I had to budge in. You're spending too much time saying things that are irrelevant. Um, could you go straight to the, the item? Um, I'll respectfully budge in and tell you, please go straight to the answer or do what you should do. That does not make me a poor listener, but what it makes me do is to ensure that I'm trying to get a bit of focus. It's a different case when someone is coming to you. But look at our political class. All our political gladiators tell you that they are good listeners. But at the rallies, they are the ones chanting. When they come to debates, they are the ones charging at you. They are talking most of the time, but they never do. But in the real principle of leadership, it's TSD. TSD is a principle you must invite as a leader. You tell, you show, you do. That way, you are a good listener. Now, I want to go to one fallacy that you may agree with or may not. Everybody does it. Have you heard people say when they are in a certain space? This is the sixth one, I believe. Everybody does it. It is your responsibility as a leader to know the difference between right and wrong. No matter what anybody else says or does, you can never be right by doing wrong and you can never be wrong by doing right. This is the only country where somebody gets into the saddle and rather than take correction, rather than stop the bleeding, whatever was happening that was wrong, he would tell you, eh, but everybody does it now. So because everybody does it, must you do it? Friends, let me tell you, some may, others may, but you can't because of destiny. If you are a man of destiny, if you are a woman of destiny that is propelled to deliver, you have a sole mission and you understand your purpose on this planet, you will not say everybody does it. That is absolute self-deception. The seventh one, and this is one fallacy that a lot of leaders fall when they feel that emotion is weakness. That showing emotions is a sign of weakness. How do men get to the point that they forget that they are human? The day you lose your humanity, then you've actually lost everything. You are human after all. And one place that you find this very preponderant is in the religious circles. When pastors, ministers, they talk as if they are beyond humanity. And so they do not share their emotions. Yet, Apostle Paul, the great apostle himself, spoke to his son, Timothy, and said to Timothy, I have persevered. I have done this. I have had persecutions. 
I have done this, I have done that. All of that, God still had his grace upon my life. Paul exposed who he was at every point in time to say, this is who I was. I was here, but I'm here now. Showing emotional signs is not a, is not a weakness, friends. Some leaders want to hold themselves beyond emotions to appear strong, yet they are lily-livered. Self-deception. When you go to the church, you see that happen in many places. So they come out as being holier than thou. And so when anything happens or calamity, temptation here or there, when it comes within the public domain, people commit suicide. People want to take their lives. Why? Because you are living a lie. Why live a lie? There's a place that God has given to us to forgive. You can afford to share your emotions because you are human. Your humanity cannot be substituted for spirituality. Regardless of it, you are a man with a spirit and a soul living in a body. That's it. It's three-dimensional. But to share your weakness is to make yourself vulnerable. And to make yourself vulnerable is to show your strength. The best leaders touch hearts. The best leaders come through. They are authentic. And truth always works. Whether you like it or not, my friend. Showing signs of emotion is not a weakness. If you are sitting in your office today and people think that when you show that part of you, it means you are a weak leader, that's not true. I want you to understand that 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 actually puts you in the place where people see you as real. And it's a strength. Don't live in a world of fallacy. Alright? And I'm coming to, I think, the eighth one. There is a certain belief that you have to cut corners to get ahead. This is the greatest lie and fallacy that has destroyed us. Naked untruth that has destroyed this country. People believe you have to cut corners to get ahead. Why on earth can Nigerians not see it? Yes, I know that the majority that is right will always turn around to become the minority that is wrong. It's a question of time. And I'm saying to you, my friend, it's about you. If you decide today that I will not cut corners and stay with it, it will be painful, could take you on the long run. Trust me, you will end up building a better frame and architecture internally that will restrain you from doing bad and evil. I, shared, I once shared an experience I had in December when my assistant and I went to Abuja for a meeting. We bought a one-way ticket. And we, when we got to Abuja, we had our meeting in quite um, a reasonable time. By 12.30, we were back at the airport, Abuja airport, to return to Lagos. We went to all the counters. We were close to 10 airlines. But my friends, do you believe that we couldn't get a ticket? The minute we step out of any airline, as we walk away, you'll find agents come to accost us. Guess what? They'll accost us with boarding passes that have been written, that have been printed, and they'll tell us, Oga, if you, you can say Lagos, okay, I have here, I have this airline, one o'clock, I have this one, two o'clock, I have this one, three o'clock, any of these boarding passes. Then I look at them, I said, are those boarding passes for ghosts or for individuals? They say, Oga, anyone where you want, you can take. I said, God forbid. I told them, all of them, I put all of them together. And I said, listen, that is your Nigeria. 
that is not my Nigeria. That is not the Nigeria I will live in. I refused and I told them, regardless of the fact that you're already stealing by putting a margin on top of the real regular, don't tell me the airlines don't know. Don't tell me the station manager does not know. It's all a cartel. At the end of the day, one of them said to me, Oga, see how much me are they make for that money here. See, station manager, they make this one. The duty manager, they make this one. Then the people with the day counter, now their own share be this. I said, this is my country. Must you cut corners as a duty manager of an airline? It was a shame. But I'll tell you the cost to me. We got to the airport at 12.30. I was standing or I stood for about six hours before we got a ticket. And I insisted that I was going to pay with a POS, not cash. And I must, the POS must be that of the airline. And at the end of the day, whether they were going to put me on wait list, some list, whatever list, put me there, I am not buying another person's body. I, why on earth would I carry a body pass with another name? And I went to the extent of asking them to say, come, nobody say when they collect ID card. How do you go ask me for gate? The name and my ID will not match. They said, no worry. Our people did that. They understand. I said, God, this country is finished. Friends, that is you and I. I refused. Do you know when I got home that day? I finally got into my house at 10.30 p.m. How many of you will be ready to take that sacrifice? You all run and say, no, I have to be in Lagos to do what? And the system is gradually decaying because we are the ones that fuel it. Sometimes, friends, you don't have to cut corners to get ahead. But the fallacy that we have sold ourselves, which is a, a despicable lie, is that sometimes you have to cut corners to get ahead. Look at the little boy or girl that is going to take an exam. They will be looking for question papers ahead of the exam. When did we get to this situation? How did we get here? It's so bad now that everybody wants to cut corners. Everybody wants to. You may not cut corners in one side, but you want to in the other way. The other day we were looking at it. I think it was the former minister of finances what that came up. And I said to some of my friends, I said, we are all culpable. When was the last time you went to sit down in a licensing office to tell them you want to renew your license? You give it to some third-party agent and he goes and does whatever. You don't know he's cutting corners? You go to road safety, you want to collect your license, they tell you there's a premium. Go to the passport office. You can never pay the official price of a passport, an international passport. Have you ever seen anybody issue you a receipt? I've had passport of a passport. Nobody has ever issued me a receipt. Is it not terrible? And yet, we have a government. Yet, we have a public institution that is meant to check all of that. Where are we heading? A nation that works on lawlessness cannot be productive. We might have a good population, but if lawlessness is the order of the day, friends, we have to start dealing with it individually. It can be done corporately. The only way is that you and I will step up and say, in this, I will not. I damn the consequences, yet I will suffer some consequences, but in the interest of this country, I will not do it. Or the interest of posterity. Because you and I are living now, we are growing older. Our sons and our daughters are coming. They will carry the same. And so the plague continues. Go and see how what God said 
in the book of Numbers how to remove a plague when there's leprosy in the land. You have to first remove that stone. Take that stone away and replace with another. Go to Numbers. The book of Numbers, you'll see it. There's a plague of lawlessness upon our heads. And until the day we fix it, we will not move ahead. But I know that there's always a remnant. That remnant will be you and I. That remnant will be your boy, your girl, your father, your mother, your sister, your uncle, your friend, your nephew, who will just look at you and say, Uncle, I like what you do. I'm going to imbibe that. So you can make that change happen. It's not going to happen overnight. But some of us have to stand up and say, Enough is enough. Let me tell you about another fallacy. Honesty costs you nothing. And lying could cost you everything. I want you to understand that when you tell the truth, it becomes a part of your past. When you lie, it becomes a part of your future. Can't you see what's happening to our politicians? They are consistently lying and deceiving themselves. In the process, they deceive you. The more they lie, the more it becomes a part of their future. So when they come back, they remind them of what they said they would do or that they've not done. They play back the tape and they now tell you, oh, no, 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 that was not me. That was my grandfather. They still, still lie again. When are we going to walk away from this? The best way to walk away, friends, is to lead from within. And that gives me the pleasure and the honor to say to you, there's hope. In all of this, regardless of what happens, there's hope. And how do I know? Because Christ in me is a hope of glory. If God is truly walking away and walking through you and I, then things must begin to change. We must submit to his sovereignty and leave our humanity. Until we submit to our humanity and to God's sovereignty, this land will continue to be lawless. Am I saying that without um, God that nothing can happen? Yes. I'm not talking about religion. Because religion is not God's order. It's man's order. Man created religion. God did not. And until we begin what I call the care factor in leadership, nothing happens. What is a care factor? That love, love your neighbor, love your environment, love your community, love the boy, the girl, love the man, woman that you see. Everything that that man or woman is going through or about to go through or you're seeing that he or she may about to get into a ditch, you help one another. Extending the hands of fellowship to the less privileged not taking advantage of them. That we begin a new order of leadership by leading from within. That our hearts will begin to yield positive truth because like the Bible will always tell you that we should guard our heart with all diligence because out of it proceeds the issues of life. Lies are often temporary solutions to a permanent problem. Please, from this day, having listened to me, start listening to the lies you speak and start learning to tell yourself the truth. Or, better still, for some of you who have never known how to tell the truth, start learning how to tell yourself the truth. Some people need to learn how to tell the truth. They've lived the world of lies. What does it take? You want to marry a girl. 
or you want to befriend a girl or you want to date a girl, must you come and lie that the car you are driving is yours if it's not yours? Must you take her to show her an uncle's place and say, that's my place? Must you take her or go to your friend to borrow a pair of shoes to walk over just to woo a girl? And at the end of the day, the girl says, oh, I like what I see. She's already liked a lie. And the day you present the true you, she's going to imagine night and darkness. If it was you, what would you do? You walk away. Likewise for the girl. Oh, my uncle is the next senator. That's what we've turned senatorial things to. It's a bidding cheap. My uncle is so, so, and so. And, you know, the feminine, they are very good at boropos. Thank God for Instagram these days. Many of the ladies who are shining on Instagram are painted sepulchers of work. What do I mean? I worked for a beauty company. By the time they put on a good linen of foundation, one layer of foundation, if they don't found, put the foundation, they put some good powder that will, and then they contour. They use the matte lipstick and then they, they come out with their eyes that will, each of those things are borrowed. And those are lies. Can't you be natural? I know beauty radiates from within, friends. Starts from there. So the guy sees that on Instagram and says, hey, that's the lady I want to marry. By the time he visits you one morning, very early before you are able to put on all those things, the guy says, whoa, what have I put my hands into? And you wonder why we are having issues. Because people have stopped being real. Fellow Nigerians, let's get real. Let me tell you something. By the grace of God, I had the privilege of working for very exceptional companies. And, but for God and grace, I wouldn't have started as a little boy at the age of 24 as a management trainee. And I rose all the way to being a CEO of multinationals. I worked for Total, or Elf, I beg your pardon, Elf in Portacot. I worked for Guinness. I worked for the Coca-Cola company. I worked for Cadbury. I worked for Samsung. And my last port of call was L'Oreal. Each of these are solid institutions that baked something in me. But I'll tell you, from the beginning I started as a trainee to the point I got there, not, not once did I take advantage of the institution or the place, whether vendors or customers, I stand here before God who judged the quick and the dead, the living and the dead, to say that I coveted no man's gold, I coveted no man's silver, I am what I am by the grace of God. By God's grace, I can tell you about every single property I have and how I got it. Every. When I mean property, I'm talking cars, so don't even think houses, no. I'm talking about the things that we use and then whether cars, whether suits, whether what, I can account for it. Why do you want to live a life that you can't account for? I'm not afraid of standing before you to say what I'm saying. And if there be anyone that is hearing this and says, no, I had, when ID was so-so-and-so in this company, I did a deal with him and we're cutting deals, please, by no means, come on air. I challenge you to come on air and speak to it and put it on any platform. I, I would put that out as a dare. It's the grace of God that kept me. Not to say that I didn't have the chance or the opportunities were not there to make money, to be rash. I didn't. I choose not to. 
Not because I'm a saint, no. But my father always said to me, and I've told you before, what makes a man is his word. If you have to be known for one thing, don't be known to be a thief. My father said to me very early, and he's stuck, he's still alive, he's 83. He's going to turn 84 in March. What did your parents tell you? What lessons did you take from your parents? If you don't have parents, my apologies if you are an orphan, but you had guardians. You have friends. Don't let people mesmerize you into living a false life. Don't look at these politicians. They are coming to look for your votes now. Majority of them are deceivers. They are self-deceived and they are looking for who to carry on their deception trap. Because there's a place called a deception trap in leadership. May you and I not fall to it. And so this is a clarion call. Start from yourself. Say to yourself that from today, I choose not to go on the light of deception. I've given you some of those myths. You, there are several more. When they come to you, say to yourself, this is a lie. This is self-deception. I choose not to. I'll rather rely on God and patience being a virtue. I'll get to that place called there. It's the destination in God. Well, if you have questions, you can send an email to contact at navigatewithid.com. It's spelled IDY. Follow me on Instagram at IDYENANG. And same goes for Twitter. I can't stop loving you. Thank you for listening. And I'll be back next week, same time, on this beautiful station, Lagos Talks. And we will slog it out together. God bless. Bye.